Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Three people were killed in a mid-air collision late yesterday between two firefighting helicopters in Riverside County. Cal Fire Southern Region Chief David Fulcher said in a press conference this morning that one of the helicopters landed safely after the collision. Unfortunately, the second helicopter crashed and tragically all three members perished, which included one Cal Fire Division Chief one Cal Fire fire captain, and one contract pilot. The crash occurred on Native American land near the community of Cabazon, west of Palm Springs. This is still a developing story with few additional details. The helicopters were involved in battling a brush fire blaze in the area. In Fresno County, officials are addressing public health concerns after an unlicensed laboratory was discovered in Reedley. The lab was stocked with biological material and hundreds of lab mice. Lab operators claim to be making COVID and pregnancy test kits, but public health investigators found evidence of infectious diseases such as malaria, hepatitis, and HIV. Joe Prado, division manager with the Fresno County Department of Public Health, says it was a big effort to clear the site of hazardous waste. It took us 76 days um, to destroy the biological agents on site. With that, um, with 14 federal, state, and local agencies collaborating. State and federal investigations are continuing. In Sacramento, a budget deficit limited what California state lawmakers could fund in this year's budget. Now they're eyeing a different strategy to pay for certain projects. CAP Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. Lawmakers have more than a dozen bond proposals to pay for things like climate infrastructure, mental health beds, and affordable housing. Andrea Walters is an economics professor at Sacramento State University. She says in some ways, bonds are just like multi-billion dollar mortgages for governments, and they come with interest. The higher the interest rate, the higher the cost to, in this case, the state of California, which then gets passed on to the taxpayers. Governor Gavin Newsom is already supporting one of the bonds, which would fund 10,000 new behavioral health slots. But he's getting lobbied on others, too. A number of uh, legislative leaders have come to me, hey, support this, support my bond, this bond. Lawmakers have until October to approve bonds and other ballot questions for voters to decide in the March 2024 primary. For the California Report, I'm Nicole Nixon in Sacramento. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. 
Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. A controversial Farmer John slaughterhouse in the Los Angeles County community of Vernon closed earlier this year after nearly a century of operations. More than 2,000 people, mostly immigrants, work there. Months later, laid-off workers are still struggling to adjust. LAS reporter Leslie Berenstein-Rojas has their story. I'm walking with Rina Chavarria down Soto Street, past the old Farmer John plant. Trucks rumble by as we pass walls covered with its famous pig murals. Happy, frolicking pigs depicted in a grassy, pastoral wonderland. Chavarria points to an entrance down the street. She says workers would come from the parking lot to line up here at 5 a.m., like a line of ants, she says, to start the back-breaking work of butchering hogs and processing the meat. Their most famous product was the Dodger Dog made here until 2021. Last year, Smithfield Foods, which owns Farmer John, announced the plant would close after more than 90 years. Some welcomed the news. The animal rights activists who held vigils outside and neighbors who had to smell the place. But for many workers, Chavarria, who worked there for nine years, says she and her co-workers depended on these jobs. Many of them older workers, she stresses. Chavarria herself is 55. After nearly a decade, she was a relative rookie. We soon meet up with a 24-year veteran, Maria Borges. The two former co-workers are thrilled to see each other. We're on the same boat, Chaparria says, tambaleando, wobbling. Neither has found a new job. For two and a half decades, Borges rose before dawn, day after day, to trim cuts of meat. Lo mismo, lo mismo, lo Every day mismo, the sí. same, sharpening Llegaba, knives, uh, setting up for her shift. During the pandemic, as an essential worker, she still showed up, even as co-workers got sick and some even died. It was hard work. But for Borges, Farmer John was home. Her first home, she says, not her second. She only went to her house to sleep. And though she's 64, she hadn't made plans yet to retire, financially or otherwise. So now what, she says, her only plan had been to keep working. There are lots of former Farmer John workers like Borges and Chavarria. The vast majority of workers are immigrants. Some have worked there several decades. That's Linda Nguyen with United Food and Commercial Workers Local 770, which represented most of those laid off. The average age of the worker at Farmer John ranges between between 52 and 60 years old. So changing careers is pretty daunting for folks. Nguyen says for some, filing unemployment claims has proven difficult due to language and tech barriers, and many must learn new job skills later in life. 
Earlier this year, California set aside $6 million towards services like career counseling, job fairs, and training for the Farmer John workers. But Nguyen says much of the money has yet to be released. Meanwhile, some are learning new skills through the local hospitality workers' union. After 25 years processing ham and bacon, Benny Carey Lacey is learning to prepare fish. He's taking free cooking classes at the union's hospitality training academy in Koreatown. We pretend to be prep cooks, basically how to prep food to be cooked and served. Lacey, who's 55, says he misses life at Farmer John. He worries about paying his mortgage, but he's trying to stay positive. And the restaurant job doesn't sound half bad. It's fun here. <laughs> I like this place. A few months ago, Maria Borges took the same kitchen training class, along with her younger sister, who also worked at Farmer John. Her sister has found a cooking job. Borges is still waiting. Esperemos que, que sí. Let's hope so, Borges says. Then she excuses herself to go make tamales to sell because there are bills to pay. For the California Report, I'm Leslie Berestein Rojas in Los Angeles. And that's the California Report for today. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. The California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the health care system undermines the pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org slash lbca. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.